Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. An Erios production. Would I kill my own baby to save a village? Would I go back in time and kill Hitler? Would I take the promotion at work with strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? Ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The problems can be complicated to discuss, but they're always fun to talk about because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see, Rodney Rodney Rothman? Rothman? I don't know. I don't know if I'll like what I see. I've never done this before. Really? Well, that's a common answer for people. People get nervous. Um, so Rodney, Rodney is um, the Oscar-winning husband to our Erio's co-founder Priyanka Matu. I have so many questions about the Oscars, <laughs> and I just want to full transparency. I, when I was over at your guys's place, I did you know take your Golden Globe, hold it in my hands, and I just waved it into the air, and I said, "This feels good." <laughs> It's, it's I, I get it. I get it. I think they're I think they're all pretty funny. All the I I worked on a movie called Into the Spider-Verse and it won a bunch of awards and um and it's simultaneously gratifying and also funny. It's Yeah. Yes, because what are awards and who is the judge yes. and what is mm. art? Yeah, mm. yeah, and also I don't know. It just feels it feels arbitrary to me, right? And, yeah, it is in many ways. It is, but it 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 also means you got you got to maybe where you were going. Mm-hmm. Wait, is this getting too heavy yeah. too fast? I know this is the big ones that we're supposed to get heavy, but I mean, aren't they heavy? The awards they are heavy. <laughs> Thank you. That's what everyone says. And, yeah, no, and 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 that's legitimate. Um, no, it's. Uh, yeah. So you so you held the Golden Globe. I did, yep. and I've never been the same since. Mm-hmm. It's like when I put on Emma Stone's sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Remember? Amanda? Oh God! Yeah. One time, Maria was at our friend's house, and apparently, Emma Stone had been there mere minutes before mm-hmm. and left her designer sunglasses. And Maria put them on and like transformed. I think you guys body swapped. <laughs> yeah, I've been Emma. Yeah, help, help! I'm Emma Stone. Get me out of this! <laughs> oh my God! That I am not doing lot. well. <laughs> I am not doing well. Get me out of here. <laughs> I want to go back to my mansion. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Rodney, do you have any sort of like little dilemma? It could be Oscar themed. Oscar themed dilemma. That you want to explore? Or was there anything like leading up to all the kind of hype about award season for you doing the Spider-Verse that was like confusing morally? 
confusing. Oh, how about who who to thank? Sure. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, you you think that a purely that you know it should be a purely joyful experience, but but um, and it is, but. All kinds of uh, minor uh, moral uh, dilemmas come up. Who to thank? That's a great one. Who to thank? Um, also, here's you know when you are when you direct a movie, especially let's say an animated movie, and you're talking about something that a thousand people um, worked on, and you couldn't have completed the movie without like a thousand people. You know, I always felt a small moral dilemma where I, I felt like I should just constantly deflect anything anybody nice said to me to be like, mm. yeah, and also a thousand people worked on it, most of who knew how to do things that I don't know how to do, and you wouldn't have, have had a movie if, if, uh, if they didn't know how to do this thing. So, so I, I guess I'd say there's a, there's a little bit of a quandary when, you ha- when, you're, when you're taking credit implicitly for the work of like a thousand people. All I want to do, so, yeah, go on, sorry. So you didn't draw it. <laughs> I did not draw it. I did draw it. <laughs> I did draw some stuff. I have some stuff in my office here. But, you uh, did? Um, but yeah, no, I didn't draw it. I didn't, I didn't render anything on a computer. I didn't, you know, program like lighting uh, algorithms that, you know, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's literally like, I mean, it's like a hundred plus million dollars worth of people and technology going into making something. Um and then yeah, but you had the final say. You know, you were the leader. You were the captain. You were the leader of the ship. I know, I know. But you, but you guys asked about more dilemmas. So yeah, so so you know, and there <laughs> and there are rules about how many statues they give out. They only give out four statues. You know, so 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 who got them? You kept all four. I kept all four. <laughs> I, people did not look at my deal closely. No, I um, a few a few of the producers and um, and there are three directors. So. So we all won Oscars, but but um, we had more producers than that, and there were also all kinds of people, you know, that were critical in the making of the movie, and you know, and that you know, it's a, uh, it's uh, it's strange, it's strange. Wow, that is a tough decision. And who makes that decision of who gets of who, which producers would have gotten those Oscars? I did not make that decision. That that decision was made. Um, uh, independent that was made upstairs it was made upstairs God got you guys prayed <laughs> you went to the desert and you yeah. prayed <laughs> and then God told you who should get the Oscars I was told at one point that the, all the directors were told they were not going to be submitted for Oscars we, why we weren't told that but so then we had to call some people and say hey that would be kind of uh, upsetting for us because we directed the movie yeah. Now, do you know if you have to pay to submit yourself for an Oscar? Great question. Because I know for a Webby Award, mm-hmm. you have to pay like $1,500 per entry, which makes us think that maybe that's some sort of scam mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're, you know, collecting money. Um, you know, you pat my back, we'll, we'll pat yours. <laughs> because I would have loved to submit some Erios shows to the web for mm-hmm. Webby Awards, and I was corresponding with them, and they were like, really wanted us to submit because, you know, they're I'm trying sure to they include did. women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I was like, we're, we can't afford this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. All that stuff is, you know, is so beyond the kind of stuff that they would discuss with us. 
um, you do have to pay and that you have to like make a movie. And so I, I have no idea. I have no idea if you have to be like a member of the Academy, you know, plus there's an entire economy, you know, as I think most people know, there's an entire economy that goes on behind the scenes with awards of just like, you know, campaigns. It's like a political campaign. We were given, right. we were given talking points during that period. <gasps> And oh my God, oh my God. yeah, you know, we were given talking points and, and people would get upset if we didn't stick to them. And, um, and it was very clear that it was deeply upsetting to a lot of people that, that, that they had to rely on like me to be one of the, one of the faces of the movie. Like mm-hmm. all they wanted to do was to replace us with, with actors who could just say the talking points and just kind of do the thing, you know, but they had to put everything in. So go you, on. Sorry. You were going off script? Sure. Sure. All the time. You know, one, I mean, yeah, because, you know, one, one of the things they tell you early on, for instance, this wasn't just with the awards, but it was also with, you know, with a, um, an ad, you know, an, a marketing campaign for a movie where there's a lot of money riding on it, Right. Right. And, you know, again, it's like it's their worst nightmare that they have all this money riding on this thing. And then, like, I'm have any responsibility, theoretically, for how much money it could make based on what I say. Worst nightmare for people. Um, but um, they one of the one of the very first things they told us, they said, you're about to be interviewed like 500 times and you're going to be asked the same questions, the same 15, 20 questions. Um you know, 500 times. And right. um, you will feel an immediate urge to to um, s- to start freshening up your answer, to keep it interesting for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, do not do that. You do not have to keep it fresh. You're the only one who's aware of what you said in all 500 of the things. Just say the same thing. Here's the things you're going to say every time you get asked. And they were like, do not go off script. Do not say something different. Don't put it in different words. That's sort of what you're told. It's weird. Um, wow. It's, it's because it's so unnatural because what you're doing, like the way you talk to people is like trying to relate to them specifically do you know what i mean and it's like you're 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 made to be this robot almost yeah this is scaring me well well yeah because your natural urge especially like think about what you guys do you know with your show and and whatnot like you know your natural urge in almost every aspect of your life is to be authentic and Mm. and really what you're being told is like do not be authentic you know (laughs) like uh i mean you're being authentic you know you, you find something authentic you can say you know, I kind of identified things that I could say, and sometimes I would make it interesting for myself. Uh, but, but you would, you would sometimes get in trouble if you make it made it. You know, you know. What about like a Jennifer Lawrence type mm-hmm. who maybe does go off script, and that's where the money maybe <laughs> comes in? Do you know what well, I mean? I think she does, but she knows what she's doing. So there is, you have to be really good if you're going to do it like that. You know, you have to kind of know what you're doing. And she knows how to play the game. And she gives them a sound bite. Mm-hmm. But it's never, you know, yes. she's in control, Maria. <laughs> Even that fall at the Oscars. Are you, oh, oh, wait, are you, are you a truther on the that fall? That was controlled chaos. Oh, that was yeah. Controlled chaos. What? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But it's she. I don't think, I think it was subconscious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think she knew every step she took that night was leading up to some sort of attention-grabbing mm-hmm. fall. If you, well, she wanted to fall before the the public um, made her fall. Before they pushed her off her pedestal, she <laughs> wanted to fall herself. This is blowing my mind. And that's the most. 
Yeah, that's the most noble thing you can do is follow the Oscars. <laughs> every time I would say things, every time I would go kind of rogue, um, and not me, also other people that I was doing this with, anytime anyone would go rogue, weird articles would show up. That's, the, you know, that's something that they would sort of say to us, that they were basically like, this is the way this is going to go, is you sit down and you stick to your talking points, and then people that are asking you questions, it's just, it, you know, it's like, again, it all kind of, you know, people that ask you questions will be looking for anything they can say that will give them anything resembling a scoop. A scoop. Yeah, because right. they want to have their article stand out yeah, yeah, among yeah. all the rest. I remember, Maria, one time you and I did some um, for Neighbors too. so they were very like I think the media was very hungry to be like were women involved in the creative side so some somehow Maria and I got mentioned and then we had all these people reaching out to us to be like the hidden right the hidden women writers behind <laughs> yeah. neighbors yeah, 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 yeah. too and so we did a couple of interviews but you are just like they're just using us for some sort of weird headline it was just yeah. so unnecessary oh yeah I did this you know I like about a week or two ago there was a um like a, a watch along thing for Into the Spider Verse, you know, a bunch of the all all of the filmmakers kind of watched it with you know I don't know how many people did it out there, right? But we, and we were supposed to tweet along with the the thing. Everyone's watching at the same time, and I had kind of thought you know I'd gone through some of my photos. I was thinking about what I was going to say, and and I'd found a photo of me and this woman Megan Malloy who writes with me and who you know she was years ago she was my assistant and and now. You know, and then on Spider-Verse, you know, she she was, you know, eventually you know, writing material. And, you know, and I and I put this photo on Twitter and I said, this is Megan. She wrote stuff. Um, I was just feeling positive feelings about Megan. And I wanted to, like, throw some shine on her because, right. you know, in a lot of movies, there are people who who submit written material. And for one reason or, you know, one legitimate reason or another, don't, you know, aren't credited writers. And um, and I put this out there. And then I very quickly saw this thing turning on Twitter where people started to like be like, why didn't she get credit? You know, mm, and people mm, and then somebody yes. put like a, a patriarchy um, uh, uh-huh. thing up, like a, a patriarchy image up. And I was just like, oh, this is going to turn. I was like, this is turning very fast into something yeah. gnarly. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and, and I really had my intentions were good but, and it didn't end up like blowing up into something crazy but there was a period where i was like oh this is this is i was like i'm in the middle of one of these twitter things now i was like i just like you better lock up that oscar rodney because they're coming for it yeah i guess that's what it is i guess that's what it is yeah it is you do i guess once you get a taste of how south things can go if you do go off script maybe you're more apt to stay to stay in the lines yeah well i've been pretty interested in this um allison roman Scandal. Did you guys hear about this? So oh, she's yes. like that very um, popular, mm. hip New York Times chef. Um, she's kind of like tells it like it mm-hmm. is, and she's like the you know she's your best friend mm-hmm. who like does it goes against convention as far as cooking. But anyway, so she kind of slammed <laughs> uh, Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo in an interview, and then she got like fully taken down and had to apologize. But you know, it is it is a hard time. It's like when you get to a certain level, you really do have to be conscious of what you of what you say, especially mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised. I mean, Maria, we're lucky that the big ones doesn't have more listeners. We're very lucky. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I used to think that maybe our careers were cursed, but now I think that they're a blessing <laughs> because um, 
because the lack thereof has really saved our butts. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd be, we'd be canceled. What are you talking about? You haven't haven't gone deep, Rodney. Yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't. I don't believe that for a minute, but beyond that, I, um, uh, now I'm just, I feel compelled to say a bunch of shit that, that, uh, that, uh, will, will spark things up. Um, oh, you, you, you want to? So now you're like, you gotta get out of jail free card. I don't know. I have, I've already said things actually since the beginning of us doing this that uh, that I'm surprised I said out loud. <laughs> wow, like curse words? No, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want to go back, but I just want to say there, there, there's there, there are things that uh, I have I've had an internal monologue in my head where I was like, I don't know why you just said that out loud. Well, listeners, if you can email us and tell us what you think sure. Rodney said that he shouldn't have said, mm-hmm. um, then maybe we'll forward that to you. I do think that doing podcasting has taught me to think before I talk yeah. more than I used to, because there's definitely been a few times when I've put my foot in my mouth and regretted things that I've said, especially on the big ones where, I mean, usually it's really lighthearted, but occasionally we do get into sort of iffy territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I cut out some stuff. Sometimes when yeah. I when I hear a little something that I go, well, you know, Danny, you know, DeLorean in Utah is going to think that's really something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take that out so Danny doesn't get... <laughs> That's um, probably why people think I'm an Orange County conservative, because you cut out all the far left. <laughs> Do people think you're an Orange County conservative? Someone said that once in a review, and so now it's sort of a running gag. <laughs> um, but I actually, my biggest qualm with that is that Long Beach, where I'm from, is actually L.A. County. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not Orange County. So, you know. That's the lie. That's the lie. Oh, let's do our ask. Yeah, so Rodney, what we like to do now mm-hmm. is if you can just tell the listeners in a very masculine, mm-hmm. threatening voice that they need to rate, review, tell their fr- tell friends about the podcast, and join our Patreon, that would be really helpful. Oh my god! And and you said in a masculine, threatening, threatening, or I mean, or, a, a you know, there's more, more than one way to get right. what you want. Yeah. You know, but so. The reviews have been down, Amanda. That's what I'm gonna. That's what oh, I'm gonna really? Say. Yeah, we haven't been getting a lot of new ones. I don't know. Well, let's see what Rodney does with it. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, uh, you know, I have a very personal connection to this question because you guys are business partners with my wife, Priyanka. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, so this is. I mean, I just want to. I just want to tell you guys. You know, I'm talking to your listeners now. So this isn't. This is neither overly masculine or threatening. Well, you guys tell me after we're done here. But um, uh, but I I have children with Priyanka, you know they're young, and um, I'm also wildly always wildly uh, proud and impressed by Priyanka and you guys. I mean I'm sorry, but uh, you know you you know you started a, a podcasting network. You've got a whole bunch of shows. Um, I'm I'm always. Uh, you know, really, really uh, excited and impressed, and and obviously, uh, um, I want you know it's a great model for my children. Uh, there's just a lot of really positive, beautiful things happening, and what you guys are asking for is you know it's for people to take like a second or two, and you know let's just call it paying it forward. You know, put a little encouragement. It pays so many dividends. You know, I you know I like I said I have a personal uh, you know I'm in love with one of the partners. You know you know so when they when people which one. I'm not going to say. 
Come on. I'm not going to say which no, one I'm in love with. Love. Other, it'll make the other two feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. Um, but uh, but I am in love with one of the three Erio's principles. And um, as well as I'm in love with one person who has a, uh, a regular show on Erio's. And, um, you know. Ooh, an affair. Yeah. And people, and people taking... <laughs> A few seconds and writing a review, throwing something positive out there actually has um, uh, noticeable effects in my life, my relationship, and my children's lives. So fucking do it. Wow. Do it right now. Oh my God. Fucking do it right now. So, whoa. Okay. Well, that, so well, that went from guilt. That went from guilt. That went from appreciation uh-huh. to guilting to threatening. Yeah, because I felt like you asked me to be threatening. So. So I kind of yeah. I kind of took it in like the direction where where I it organically went, and then I was like now threatened because you've been asked yeah. you've been asked to. Have you considered wow. a- acting? <laughs> Wait, does that imply that you don't believe any of the things that I just said? No, <laughs> it means that we means believe I, them. I do believe them. I you, and you took direction. Very thank well. you, thank you. Um, <laughs> I haven't acted really. I I did a table read for a friend of mine once. And when I was in college, and it was in front of all of the drama department, uh, towards the end of my college experience, I did this. And afterwards, a drama professor pulled me aside and said he thought that I would be a good character actor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Then that and getting pulled aside by a drama teacher is like being, you know, you know, it's like Cinderella at the ball. No, no, no. Yeah, the whole form of the experience felt really like a dream. But then, but then later on, I, when I found out what a character actor meant, um, I felt like uh, I don't know. I felt complicated about it. Well, welcome to <laughs> well, our yeah, lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is complicated being a character yeah, actor, yeah. but I think it's actually probably the better way to go career-wise. That's what they say. You can't be an ingenue forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I learned that the hard <laughs> way. Well, thank you, Ronnie. That was very. I I believe that's going to get a lot of people to to do what we asked them to do. So thank of you. Of course, very much. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and when we come back, we're going to do a big ones that's going to launch us out of this world. Mm. Hmm. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Is everyone ready for the big one? Yes. The year? Okay, I'm kind of like um, riffing a little bit on this one. So, because I don't that have means it I'm going to have to edit out the silences. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The year is 2050, and planet Earth is dying. The good news is scientists have figured out how to colonize Mars, taking humans to live happily on another planet. However, in their exploration, 
they found that there is indeed life on Mars in the form of cute little Martians. Is it okay for humanity to move into the Martian territory for their own survival? Where did that come from? Like, honestly, probably uh, Wally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is this an idea you? No, 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 no. I mean, the, movie? I, I, I know he's going. He's going. Who got into my papers? <laughs> who hacked my email? <laughs> I think that's great. This? That's great. <laughs> this isn't a pitch, Rodney. I, I had an immediate reaction to your question. Just so you know, you. You I did? had a visceral okay, let's reaction. Go. Okay, go. Let's each go around okay. and off the back give our gut, gut reactions. Okay. Who first? You. Okay. Um, I, I had an immediate visceral reaction where I was like, no, no. Don't. Interesting. We, don't, we, 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 we can't do that. And, I, and, and to continue, I was just like, I guess you opened it up by saying the earth was dying and everything, but I'm just, I just had this reaction where I was like, figure your shit out, earth. Like... You know, you've got a beautiful, nice planet. Figure your shit out. Don't who? No one wants to live on Mars. No one. You know, I don't know if there's cute Martians there. Let them have Mars. Um, we should figure our own planet out. We shouldn't be uh, uh, displacing other creatures uh, on other planets. I, I think that we have a responsibility to figure our own planet out and we shouldn't be uh, displacing other uh, creatures on other planets because we uh, messed our own planet up. We should figure our own planet out, uh, whatever that means. Now, what if there's no hope for Earth? So you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, we should figure it out, we should get Earth back on track, but it's like, it's no, there's no use. If we don't go to Mars, we will die. (laughs) Um... I, I, I still think find another planet. I think I think that there are there are bad cycles in uh, what we've been doing that that theoretically led to us messing up our planet. So um, you have to examine those cycles uh, before you go. Into, Interesting. Yeah. So you're saying maybe there's a planet that doesn't have Martian that doesn't have life on it that we could more easily uh, take over in a way. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying um, there's billions. There's there's billions. There's 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 innumerable planets out there, and uh, embrace the challenge of uh, finding some place to go that um, doesn't involve um, displacing other creatures. That's that's my gut reaction. Ronnie, have you thought about running for president? <laughs> what do you guys think? We think you should run for president. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but what? But what? Because now someone has to take the opposite viewpoint, and I can't even comprehend no. the opposite viewpoint. Well, well, well. Okay, I will cute. say this: that that yeah, they are cute. So that does throw a wrench yeah. in it. But I okay. So we recently on another Erios podcast, The Alarmist, did two um, so, historical events that I think have uh, affected how I think about this. So one was the fall of the Aztec Empire. Um, and so that was, of course, when the Spanish um, conquered uh, the Aztecs and they all died of um, smallpox. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's something about human nature that drives us to try to conquest new lands and new frontiers. And obviously, as humans, we want to survive. So the idea of us like 
pack, you know, we've messed up Earth, so we're going to pack up and go, like, take another shot on Mars. Like, I think there's something kind of natural about it because that's what we've been doing. Like, we innovate and then we expand. We innovate and then we expand. So, however, I do think that the humans would just do to Mars what they did to Earth, even with the best of intentions. Like, even if we went there and it was very science-driven and we've tried to figure out a way to cohabitate with the Martians, you know, saying, like, we're going to let them keep some of their land um, and we're just going to take this part of it. Like, I mean, we've seen how that works out with, like, the natives when we came to America. Like, you, it just ends up being a kind of an unfortunate situation. However, I personally, like, have a very strong will to live. So if it was, like, Amanda, you and your family can stay on Earth and die or get on the spaceship and go to Mars... I don't know. That's a, that's a really hard choice. That's true. Yeah. Maria. Maria. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, there's two side. There's two sides to this coin, and I'm gonna flip it for you guys, because mm. um, I'm seeing both sides. Where I'm seeing like to protect not only like human human life, but my, just my own life. It's like, well, if you have an opportunity to go, like if I'm thinking of myself, then I'm like, oh no, I'm going to Mars because I want to, to live. I'm not that selfless to go like, well, we shouldn't, you know, put upon, you know, I'm going to be good. I'm not going to be crazy. I'm going to respect them. But then when you look at it as a, a bigger thing where it's like, should humans in general, should that even be an option? Then it's, it's, more difficult and it's an interesting thing to think about what if these weren't cute little martians what if they were literally microscopic beings you know Mm. what i mean would that make a difference into in, in into going there because i was reading this article where it was like well we we kill stuff every day you know living on earth like little bugs and stuff so what would that matter if it was on mars yeah, well, if you really want to, if you really want to dive into, if you really want to start to yeah. pick apart your guys' question, it's it's interesting that you said that the aliens were cute, because cute, uh, the Martians were cute because cuteness for us is basically just visually recreating babies, you know, like visual cues that remind us of babies, big eyes, um, small, um, so. You're saying so you're so you're humanizing the aliens and saying they're like babies, right. uh, puppies or something, and uh, and then what you're saying, Maria, is that obviously there's lots of life wherever we go that is not cute or human. Am I frozen again? I don't know. Okay. No, um, no, you were we're just, just okay, involved. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Our dead faces. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's like so that's the sort of broader thing I guess is that wherever we go, you know, if we if we leave Earth, we're going to be we're going to be entering into an ecosystem that theoretically has spent um, you know, eons achieving uh equilibrium of some kind. And then we're just right. we're just coming in with our germs and our whatever, you know, you know, you know, on our Starbucks. Yeah, our Starbucks. You know. I mean, the Martians would probably dig Starbucks. I mean, everyone everyone hates Starbucks, but yeah. yeah. But, but until you have, you know, until you have some Starbucks. Oh, cold brew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that, was that a Martian accent? A we yeah, want that cold was... brew. <laughs> oh, God. That was sick. Yeah, I think, 
And the other question is, would you personally even want to go live on Mars, probably in some sort of biodome? The, the thing you said that really struck me and made me kind of anxious even thinking about it was you were, uh, um, Amanda, you were kind of saying like, well, what essentially like what if the rocket ship was just leaving? What if someone was like, Earth has has like five more years, rocket ships, last rocket ships leaving, there's room for your family, do you want to come to Mars? That, that, that whole question stresses me out. Um, yes. It's very yes. stressful. I feel like I get on the and ship. That, I feel like I get on the ship. Yeah. You would. See, it changes when you personalize it, mm-hmm. always, with a lot of these dilemmas. Cause, and, and if you think about it, like there's a, a more positive way to view it. Like People moved, um, took a risk and moved out west for the, uh, you know, the hope of opportunity to, to form a better life for their families. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And in a way, like... The only complication with us trying to go to Mars for a future is that in we may advertently or inadvertently destroy the Martians. Right. right. And do we have that right? Well, I think we have a right to explore and to, and to c- try to continue on as, as a race. But I fear human nature and i hear i fear the the progression of kind of what could happen so it's i I think morally yeah we we should be able to go somewhere else but it scares me about how we would how we would do in that situation yeah now i want to argue the other side does that ever happen please it happens all the time um I just read something last night because I'm left-handed, but like kind of ambidextrous, weird left-handed. And I was Ooh. I was reading this book that was about the hemispheres of the brain and where different thought processes uh, uh, tend to reside. And it said that people like me, um, it, it was basically saying we're we're confused and have like <laughs> mental issues. And what it was basically saying that, that 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 like our brain like my brain is like wired in a cool but kind of messed up way, um, and one of the weird symptoms of it was this. It's this book said people like you inherently tend to argue both sides of the argument, mm. uh, which is weird. Uh, what book was this? I'd like to read this. There's a book that I've been reading called Drawing from the Right Side of the Brain that has a lot of. Um, preface material about uh, right brain and left brain and and stuff like that um, but what I was I guess so the other side of the argument is you know I mean because because we also you know I think in an initial thing we bring a lot of like American um, in this case uh, you know like we, we bring a lot of American guilt to this kind of question because we were all brought up you know, you know, being taught various sides of the issue of uh, colonialism, um, and we're talking about you're talking about interplanetary colonialism. Um, so, um, I feel like I'm talking too much. No, this is very interesting. Uh, this is how it goes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, after this, uh, okay. So, so interplanetary colonialism. <laughs> Please don't stop talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, then you guys are screwed. All right, all right. Interplanetary colonialism. So, 
So, you know, the, another way to look at it is, you know, is that obviously it's, you know, colonial, the, the moving of, of <laughs> biological uh, material is very natural. You know, like it's like, you know, seeds, you know, fall off a tree and go into the ocean and and go across the ocean and and end up, you know, planting themselves on another continent and and um, and can have really negative effects in those continents. You know, so it's like the the um, the specific incident is negative, but, you know, broadly, it's a very organic, positive thing that's happening. You know, it's just it's natural. Mm. It's natural. So. You know, on some level, you could say it's natural for human for groups of human beings to migrate and to move, and that can have negative effects. It can have positive effects, but the process is natural. So, you know, once you have the ability to travel to another planet or to another galaxy or whatever, then you're just expanding the rules of bio. You know, of 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 you know biology and um, you know uh, I don't know genetics. I have no idea. I'm in I'm in dangerous territory. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's you know it's 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 on some level it's it's natural that life will move around and have effects on different planets and stuff, and sometimes that effect right. will be negative. So I don't know is the answer. Well, what about how would we all feel if someone tried to do it to us, like in War of the Worlds, mm. where but all they of a did sudden it so mean they did it in such a mean way. Like they well, maybe they. Maybe they didn't think it was mean. Maybe no, they, they knew thought it was mean because they planted themselves underground for years waiting for the right time to come out. But maybe they thought, like, we'll just humanely kill them by turning them to dust or whatever. But no, then they were using our blood as fuel. Um, I just watched this movie. Which one? Yeah. War of the Worlds. The, oh, the, the new one, mm. the Tom Cruise one. I... Can I, I the first like thirty minutes of that movie are so great, yeah. and then like I get a little bit bored because then it turns really actiony. But mm-hmm. I love Tom Cruise as a just a regular guy. Isn't he the best at being a regular guy? Yeah, I remember liking that movie. I like all the. He's really good. Um, Steven Spielberg is really good at at. Uh, he does these those big fantastical movies, and then he always has like troubled families at the center of them yeah um and Mm -hmm. uh for some reason he's better at that than a lot of people um yeah he really is good at that yeah it's easier to talk about this like why does does, why like if aliens came here and they were little or big i don't know whatever and they were just like hey you guys like we're our planet is dying i guess you could you could liken it to like immigration almost um and you know like the mexico california Mm. debate of like well people are in need or aliens literal like martians are in need of our help do we allow them do we allow them to come down and you know set up their little space huts you know on mountaintops or whatever (laughs) i know it's and it's like how protective are you is it okay to be with your resources and like do obviously like countries and states and all those things like they're not real it's like something that we've created right to and then Mm -hmm. so who's to say that like ownership and conquest of planets is even real like is it just all sort of survival of the fittest yes Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of uh, talking myself into thinking that it's okay for us to go 
to Mars. But I'm just like, I, I mean, honestly, right now, I'm like a little bit irritated with humanity. Mm. And so I'm just kind of, I think I'm still like, I don't know that humanity deserves to like go mess up Mars. And then what's next, you know? Yeah, but you're looking at the whole. You're not looking at your individual, like maybe you being alive and you you going forward with, you know, your family and like your offspring. Maybe you're doing better. You're doing good for the universe because you're a good person. You know what I mean? It just seems so unnatural for humans to live on Mars, though. For sure. Well, then what are you doing up there? You're well, always I have there a- all day. <laughs> Space cadet. <laughs> okay, so let's just go final answers. The ship is leaving. Do you, you know, pack a bag and head out to Mars? Yeah, and do you also, do you stop the spaceship from even going? Do you go, do you stand in front of it or on top of it? And you go, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't stand on top of it. <laughs> That would be, if it, if it worked, that would be awesome. If they were just be like, come on, man, just get off the spaceship. Yeah. We want to take yeah. off. No, I'm not getting off. All right. And then humanity The windshield dies. wipers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, final answers? Yeah. Man, I don't know you guys. <laughs> uh, well, you have to choose. Okay, but, but, but the uh, final answer of should we go to Mars... Not not me, yeah, not me personally. Yeah, it's the bigger question of should we go colonize another planet? Fuck. All right. And this is being recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this will haunt you. Whatever you say will haunt you and will come back to bite you. I'm going to I'm going to go with my first instinct and I'm going to say no. Figure shit out. All right. Mar- Maria. Oh. <sighs> No, Maria first. I think as a whole, it's, it is okay to go and, and explore, but it's very hard to look past that and go, and then everything is going to be fine because then personalities come out and egos and, and it, it, things aren't all butterflies and roses. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we go up there, we respect everything and everyone and and the planet. It's like, but I do think it's okay to go and try and and save ourselves, especially the ones that are just caught in the crosshairs of people that came before us. Okay, so yes or no? I'm going. You're going. Well, well, yes. <laughs> no, but I think it's okay to go up to Mars mm-hmm. and chill mm-hmm. for a little bit. I like to believe that humanity can have redemption and that maybe we destroyed the Earth once, but maybe the people leading the Mars expedition have good intentions that they can actually follow through with. Mm. So I'm going to say... Let's give it a shot. Shit. <laughs> I think I, I'm starting to feel like I want to change my vote. Okay, here's that left, right, yeah, yeah, right yeah, here's yeah, that yeah, ambidextrous yeah, yeah. monster coming yeah, out yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you need to change your answer, that's fine. 
I'm, I'm gonna, I'll think about it and then maybe I'll come back on some other time and I'll discuss where okay, I landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight, <laughs> okay. 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please turn on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we'll see what happens with that one. Okay, here's our dear big ones. Hi, Maria, Amanda, and guest. First of all, love the podcast and enjoy you two immensely every week. I like the Godzilla episode, which I will remind the haters was free content that big ones didn't have to release. I wanted to see if you could give your input on a dilemma I've had for nearly a year and a half or so. I run a Dungeons and Dragons group. We have met on the same day, same time every week for the last two years, which is a huge rarity in this day of crazy schedules changing last minute. I'm thankful that I got a group willing to give up three to four hours of their week to come play in a fun world I created. The group is a mix of guys and girls and me, the game master. Here is my dilemma. Should I remove two longtime friends and players from a close-knit group due to their recent behavior of not paying attention and rules lawyering? Or should I wait until the campaign is done and not invite them back? Mm. Um, and then here are a few specifics. The problem I'm having is with two of my players, a couple, that were fine when the group first started but have grown to be a bit of a problem. They are the typical honeymoon couple, but this honeymoon has lasted quite longer than we all expected. (laughs) First off, they're on top of each other. Nothing explicit happens, but it did make the rest of the room, all people with significant others, not in the group, a little uncomfortable. A player of mine once reported seeing the guy engage in some minor over-the-clothes petting during a session of the game. I approached them about this without explicitly mentioning the act witness, and they said we didn't know holding hands was making people uncomfortable. We'll be Amanda, more careful. this sounds like you and Matt at the public pool. <laughs> <laughs> we did get busted for peeing really? at the public pool. With you two? Yeah. Oh. Me and, not oh. me and Maria. Me and Matt. I see, I see. But we were like, it was very innocent. Matt was just like carrying me, you know, like how you do in a uh-huh. pool. Like, uh-huh. And we were kissing probably a little bit and the lifeguard blew their whistle at us. Really? How did it feel? Yeah. In the moment. Awesome. It felt, yeah. yeah. It felt amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So a couple more details. Second, the girl, the woman doesn't seem to pay a lot of attention during the game. She's constantly on her phone, browsing Pinterest or Twitter. Typical girl. I added that. Mm. And when it's her turn to, <laughs> in combat, she needs two or three name calls before she pays attention. Um, uh, oh the guy God. was fine. That is until he started running his own campaign and began becoming a rules lawyer, always questioning me on my decisions as the game master. Okay, now skipping ahead a little bit. It's come to the point where I'm seeing all other players regularly and spending time with them, but I only see this couple when we play D&D. They have sort of found their identity in one another, and if you ask me, it's a little unhealthy. But the relationship is not my concern. My question, big ones, is this. Should I and the rest of the group continue to deal with these players until the campaign is over, or should I ask them to leave? If I keep them when the campaign ends, I might not invite them back if we start up a second one. Would this be rude? I've asked the other players, and, and they say they would support me either way. I just don't know what to do. I hope I don't come off as a jerk in this email. They're fine people. And I just want to know what you think. P.S. This is also complicated by me being a player in another campaign with them as players too. I'd leave that campaign to avoid any awkwardness. Thank you. If you read this, leave my name out just in case. Wow. Yeah. We get a lot of D&D dilemmas. Yeah. You do? Yeah, we do. That's interesting. There's yeah. some crossover between Dungeons and Dragons fans and big ones listeners. 
Yeah. It's kind of, I've, I've never even conceived of the problem there's too much PDA in my Dungeons and Dragons game. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. kind of hot. Yeah, I like, kind of do probably... too. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're spicing it up in a way that you could, maybe it's time to, you know, stop being grandma and start being Funkle, Uncle Fun. Uncle you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, the PD, I, I, I'm of the mindset that you should let this game run its course. And then if you so choose, don't invite them back next time. Right. And if people are truly bothered by their behavior, then they can excuse themselves, you know, from the game. Or you can say something like, no, can't one of the wizards put a no PDA rule? Or I don't know how Dungeons and Dragons works, but maybe someone can put like a no touching <laughs> curse on them or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but that seems like that's fair. But I get, you know, there's certain kinds of ways that people interact with one another, couples, that really alienate everyone else in the room sometimes, and it brings down the energy, and they, and it's like they take over the energy of the room, and then it just becomes like a sex dungeon. And last time I checked, this isn't sex dungeons and dragons, mm-hmm. and you can use that when you're calling them out. Yeah, that, that's that. great. Yeah. Yeah. So was the Funkle thing, but that one was better, even. Yeah. yeah. So you, you say, look, I'm not a grandma. I'm a Funkle, but this isn't a sex Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then, and then you know what? They'll they'll hear those words, and they'll know it's time to leave. <laughs> that's a, that's. I think you guys both gave great advice there. You're you were saying make it uncomfortable for them so that they leave. Great. Yeah. You know. Great approach, and yeah, and I definitely would vote for the wizard has to. What was the wizard has to do a spell about no PDA? <laughs> no PDA. Yeah. Yes, I thought that was great. Yeah, I I feel like don't kick don't kick out the people who are making your life more interesting. You're writing your letter about them, like yeah. you know, if you kick them out, your game will probably be boring. You need them. Interesting but she's perspective. not listening, but she's not listening. I mean, I do think you can, without having to just kick them out, it sounds like you've kind of confronted them once. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to say straight up, hey, let's all engage in the game because it's, you know, when you, people are on their phones, it's distracting for everyone. Maybe you do a no phone, no phone zone. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, you know, this is a fun sun. This is a fun zone, but this is a no phone zone. Uh huh. But then again, maybe they need their phones for Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. But maybe everyone needs to put it on airplane mode. They don't. They don't need their phones. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I I don't. I can't even visualize what a game looks like. You don't need your phones. Well, then it's a yeah. no phone zone, and you I make a, a no sign and you zone. put it over the table and you say, "This is a no phone zone." You know, Laura. I think that's really good. And as far as the guy, this actually, to me, more than the PDA or the phone, the guy being a rules master is super irritating because that really does suck the fun out of it. I think you can just sort of, in a straightforward, non-passive-aggressive way, push back against some of the behavior that is bothering you and see what happens. Because I do think kicking them out is going to, like, well, A, what Rodney said, they're kind of interesting. And B, it's going to cause huge drama. Yeah, you're right. That your game will never recover from. 
Yep. Well, let us know how it goes. And um, I'm sure this quarantine thing has really maybe put a damper on your game. But maybe they're, they're zooming in. And mm. maybe maybe Zoom has made it so you can't tell what's going on below the screen. Do you know what Problem I mean? Problem solved. I've been <laughs> masturbating this yeah, entire yeah. No. podcast. <laughs> this isn't sex, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rodney, thank you so much for being on. This is so much fun. All right, thank you for having me on your on your show. Oh well, hold on. We're not done. Oh. You just said that as though like you were going to turn off your microphone. We we still have to, you know, say goodbye. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. But 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 you said was oh. it? You, you were using a tone of voice like this is over. So I just naturally reciprocated. Oh. It's, Let's rewind the tape. It's radio. It's, it's, you know it's radio etiquette. When someone says, thank you so much for being here, you say, thank you so much for having me. Like, that's, that's just what you do. You, what you, the way you tried to, to get say? off of this is like the way Priyanka leaves a, a phone call, which is, which is, okay, okay, bye. And then she just runs away. It's like she leaves. Oh, no, or sometimes she doesn't even do that. It's only, I, every time I see this in movies, I'm like, no one does that in real life. But then I remember Priyanka, mm-hmm. and it's always like, gotta go. Click. Yeah. And a click, it literally, hello, and then the other person on the other line is like, hello? <laughs> hello? But She's actually, my, my mom does that, too. Really? Yeah, my mom hangs up on me all the time. Well, I was just saying, like, thanks for having, being on. Can people follow you, or can people, where can people find you? What's, what's going on? Yeah, people... I'm on, uh, people can follow me on Twitter. I'm trying not to go on it too much, but people can still follow me there. People still make me feel good when I go on to see that people are following my Twitter account, but I'm trying not to check it too often. But just to know that they're there, mm-hmm. knowing you're there is what's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just at Rodney Rothman. At Rodney Rothman. Yes. And you can follow us at the Big Ones Podcast. No. You can follow us at the Big Ones Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at thebigonespodcast at gmail dot com, or you can leave us a voicemail at six two six 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 zero four six two six two. Does that work? Um, when yeah. you guys say it like that, and then do people? Because it was all six over the place. Six. Six so four. <laughs> yeah, well, it's worked. We've we, gotten a couple it calls. Works. All right, <laughs> um, I think one. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rodney. This was so much fun. Thank you, you thank you for having this me. This was a great discussion. Thank you for having me. You were great. So thanks so much for listening to the big one. Powered by ACAS. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.